NBA stud Eddie Aparicio, wise and bright, shares his thoughts, enlivens us with insight as we delve into the NBA's grand display, MVPs, and new faces lead the way. This is William Del Pilar, and I am here with my co-host, Eddie Aparicio, El Matador de El Salvador. And this is Points on the Board, your sports show brought to you by the two Latino brothers. How you doing, my friend? All good, Guillermo. How you doing, man? You know what? Sports is my is one of the greatest loves I grew up with, but it, it now comes second to politics. Uh, you know, as you get older, you start looking at what you're leaving, this or that. And it's been a big political week for, for me, the Republican primary. We do yep. both libertarian and conservative politics here at Grundy's Media. So I went to the... Uh, to the uh, uh, Libertarian Convention. California is one of the biggest hubs for libertarianism. Uh, the Republican primaries were this Saturday. So it's been a whirlwind. And I, and I eat that up, Eddie. I eat that up. But sports is my bread and butter. Sports is my true Absolutely. love. In a sense, it's an escape. But sadly, politics have interest sports. So I, uh, 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 for, for the audience out there, Eddie, I don't involve Eddie in that. He's too nice of a guy. He has no interest in that. But I do do points on the board clips and things and, and uh, separate shows where I do talk about the intersectionality of politics uh, 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 and sports. And Eddie, that's what I've been doing for the last weeks. But let me ask you this. Have you recovered? And you know what I'm talking about. From the, from the Niners you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm good with it. I mean, they're they're, they're going to be there again, man. They're 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 a stacked team, and uh, the only thing is that you know once Brock Purdy's you know a uh, uh, contract is up for you know renewal, that's when their window, or I want to say the window shortens. It will shorten, but they're going to have to you know change the complexion of their team just to be able to accommodate Salary cap. that higher contract. Yeah, yeah. So well, here's the dilemma they're, they're they do face. Yeah, he's, he's a quality. They're ready to win right now. They're ready yeah. to win right now, and I think they're going to be there again next year, honestly. I agree. But the catch turn to with Brock is, does he deserve a Mahomes-type contract, a, uh, a Lamar Jackson-type contract? You know, those players, because at the end of the day, he even he acknowledges his, his skill set. And what makes, to me, I don't see any difference in Brock Purdy and Joe Montana in terms of athleticism. Yeah. I think with Purdy and Montana, I, I'm not saying they're the same player, but their strength and skill set starts and ends here. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And uh, yep. But they do have a decision to make in how, where do they value them? If they win the Super Bowl, they have no choice. But you're right. You're right. Yep. And I knew you'd be over it. I'm just giving you a little. Yeah, little, I'm over it, man. You know, <laughs> I'm like I said you earlier in your other podcast, the Kansas City Chiefs are my second favorite team. So that's ah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, so let's get to it then, my friends. And don't forget, sure. I'll, I'll give you the full lowdown at the end of the show, but you can check out this podcast and other podcasts at grumblingsmedia.com. But for right now, Eddie, Let's get down to it. Let's have a little bit of fun. Let sure. Mr. Aparicio create some controversy. <laughs> Eddie wanted to do this as a weekly piece, but we just don't have enough time with so many topics. But I have not forgotten it. We are going to talk Chet Holmgren and Victor Wimbanyama. I want an update, brother. I want to hear your thoughts on their growth, 
their individual and team play, and more importantly, their leadership potential to grow and mature into the player these franchises hope they can. And after we talk about that, I want the most important answer in all the sports that comes with being a franchise player. Can that player carry the team? So what are we looking at here, Big Eddie? So as far as who do I think is the better player um, right now, um, I, I think right now Chet Holmgren is on a better team. He doesn't have the pressure of carrying that team. Uh, he doesn't have all this fanfare that came for being the number one pick and probably, you know, a transcendent player at that, like Victor Wembanyama. So there's way less pressure on him uh, than Victor, although Victor has handled the pressure swimmingly. I mean, really, really well. Very much reminds me of how LeBron James handled things when he was the overall number one pick and highly touted coming out of high school. With all that pressure and fanfare, anybody, any kid could crumble with all that pressure. And LeBron delivered. He did really well in handling all that pressure. I see the same thing with Victor Wembanyama. Victor Wembanyama's got the world on his shoulders, really. He's got so much uh, publicity. Uh, and, and it's international. It's not just the U.S. I mean, he came from right. France. He already played, you know, in the European League. And this guy, amazingly, he looks like he's been in the NBA for m multiple years. He looks like a seasoned veteran. But the only so thing is, is let me that ask you. he's, yeah, he's challenged to be able, he's got a lot of weight on him on that team because he's the best player on that team. Not necessarily the case for Chet Holmgren. Shea Gildas Alexander is the better player on that team. So therefore, he doesn't have that much to carry on his shoulders right now. Okay, so looking at his growth from where Wimbayama is today, uh, go, you can go back as far back as his European days, but from the player there to the player you see on the court, are you seeing a growth, a maturity level? And are you seeing him grow in front of your eyes? And as far as Chet Holmgren, you know, from Gonzaga to he was set back. What happened to Chet Holmgren is, is ironic because it also happens in the, in the military academy. Sometimes you get great candidates who aren't quite ready, so they, they do a prep year, you know, and Chet Holmgren had a prep year in the NBA, correct? So uh, uh, those two players, based on where they started and where they're at today, uh, have you seen the growth to where these two could possibly be the faces of not only their franchises but of the league? I would say – the, the, the Victor Wembanyama probably could be more the, the face of the league, uh, in my opinion. I think he's a very mature kid. He's a good-looking kid, too. He's 7'4", yes. um, and highly skilled, highly skilled. And, uh, you know, but the thing is, he's got the best, arguably the best coach that could ever be in this for him in this situation, and arguably one of the best coaches of all time in the NBA, and Greg Popovich. So, you know, He's got yes. he he benefited from being in that situation, and you can see the growth. He is very 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 mature. He's you know he carries himself very well with the media. He just looks like a seasoned vet. The kid is very very uh, uh you know very respectful, and he's just someone that I think a lot of kids will look up to just because of his demeanor. He's just got that Steph Curry kind of demeanor, very easygoing, chill, not full of himself. You know, he's just very humble. And, and people like that. They gravitate to it. And I think he has that. He has that it factor, in my opinion.
So and let me interject, um, Eddie. Uh, let me yeah. interject for the audience. When Eddie said he's a good-looking kid, uh, Eddie uh, uh, may not have even realized uh, why he said it, but that's a marketing point. Absolutely. When you have a when you have a good-looking person, male, female, it's just much easier to market. You know, Shaq was marketed a certain way. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo. And Tom Brady were marketed right. a certain way to their strengths. It's their strengths right. on the court and on the field or wherever the you know sport it is. But it's also what strengths do they have off there? And they use that the brand. And you're right. God bless Chet Holmgren, that seven footer who's going to become a multimillionaire as I live in obscurity. But he wasn't blessed with with great looks. Uh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. but the thing is, he's got an edge to him. Something I like. I mean, he's got he's got like a junkyard dog edge to him. He's got that he on court just, edge that that we see it. That passion. He yeah. just doesn't. He won't back down. And you know, he's he's just got like that like that. Uh, you know, I'm gonna dunk on you kind of personality, or I'm gonna go ahead and block your shot. Your shot. You know, they're exactly. both similar style players as far as their skill set. I mean, this is the first time in the NBA history that this has happened, where you have two guys seven two and above that have the skill set of a guard and actually play defense very well as well. So this is going to be a great, this is a great time for the NBA. I mean, these guys are going to be great ambassadors for the NBA uh, moving forward. But as far as my, you asked ask the question, who do I think is better? I think right now, overall, I would say Chet Holmgren slightly. And the only reason I say that is because he's got more games under his belt not right. only in the NBA, but in the college, right? You know, Victor Wembanyama right. played in the European League, so he's got some experience as well. But Chet Holmgren, you can see his game is a little bit more polished, whereas Victor Wembanyama is very raw, but you can see he is getting it quickly. His, he, he, you know, Greg Popovich is te teaching him very, very well. You can see he's, you know, I would say he's probably the leading candidate to be the Rookie of the Year just because his, the way, how he's doing what he's doing is like leaps and bounds above what Chet Holmgren's doing. I mean, right. you know, Victor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you're saying is his like, natural talent. His natural talent. His is natural talent, him. but he's got, you know, he's got like, uh, he's got ten blocks in the game. So does so does Chet Holmgren. But the, the, the lines that that Victor Wembanyama has, you know, for for Fanduel points, I'll just give you an idea. Victor Wembanyama has scored almost ninety Fanduel points a few times. Chet Holmgren has probably had the most, is maybe sixty. That just gives you an idea of how many stats these guys accumulate, right? Yeah. So that just gives you an idea of all the ways that this guy helps to win. And and he just that's that's Victor Wembanyama. That's why I think he's gonna be the 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 the, the rookie of the year. But I think Chet Holmgren right now as an all around NBA player is slightly better than Victor Wembanyama only because of the experience that he has from Gonzaga and you know NBA too. He's got you know essentially a year and you know some of the off season from last year because he got injured sure. with the Liz Frank injury. So the two final questions before we move on. Uh, Victor Wimbayama played in Europe. Uh, and you correct me on this. I know there's various types of leagues in Europe, heck, depending what country you're in. But my assumption was he was a boy playing amongst men, meaning he was 17, 18, 16, but he correct. was playing with grown men. I would imagine that kind of probably toughened him up much better, Absolutely. much harsher than what Chet faced in college with kids his own age who weren't. I mean, am I looking at it wrong? Does that play a factor? And this, the final question is, looking at both of them right now, a year from now, two years from now, do you think they'll have the ability to put the team on their back? Uh, yes. The, the, I would say more Victor Wembanyama more than Chet Holmgren, just because Chet Holmgren already has a superstar MVP candidate in Shea Gilgis-Alexander right now. 
So he doesn't gotcha. have to be the, the lead guy. Whereas Victor Wemanyama is mo- most definitely the lead guy in, in, in San Antonio. And, 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 and the, the offense kind of runs around him too. So they know what they have in him. Um, you know, the San Antonio has some talent, but, you know, this guy, you can see he's leaps and bounds better than everybody on that team. He's just very, All very right. good. All right. and, and Chet Holmgren is too, but he's got Shea. So, but like I said, the, the NBA is, you know, they, they're in good hands with both these guys as ambassadors. All right. Forward. All right. Okay. Well, moving on. Thank you so much. Because next time uh, I found this great website and I'll plug it when we actually do the segment who has both stats comparing both sides. So I'm, we're going to pull some of those data out and I'd like to get your opinion on the next update uh, we do on these two cats, you know, but uh, sure. kudos to both of them. Young studs, uh, the future of the NBA. So, Let's talk about the future face of the NBA, Michael Jordan, you know, then it was uh, for a few years, Kobe, I guess, but then LeBron came into play. And now there's no denying LeBron's the face of the NBA, but LeBron's uh, 108 years old. <laughs> LeBron's still a young man, but he's like 38 or something, 40. He's, I mean, uh, uh, his days are coming to an end. So let's have a little fun here. The future face of the NBA. Will it be one of the two rookies? You already said no for Chet possibly for Victor, but let me toss you some names. I'm going to go through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine names, 10. Oh, we got 11 names. So we may not make it through all of them, but I want to get you, this is more like a rapid fire and I apologize as audience. It shouldn't be, but I didn't realize that so many names. Give me your points on these people. Uh, possible face of the NBA. Once LeBron and Steph Curry make their exit. All right. Luka sure. Doncic, Dallas Mavericks, Ford. His scoring ability, he has court vision, and he's a leader. Some people think that could be enough to make him the face of the NBA. I think he has the potential to be it, but I think, in my opinion, Victor Wembanyama's ahead of him as far as being the, the face of the NBA. Luka Doncic, we were just talking about, you know, Victor Wembanyama playing in the, the European Pro Leagues. Luka Doncic came, he played in the European uh, uh, Pro Leagues when he was 16 years old. You can see why he's so freaking good right now. Luka Doncic is really, really good. Probably one of the more unstoppable offensive forces in the NBA, and he plays at his own pace. I mean, he just doesn't—he doesn't look rushed. Uh, the thing is about Luka, he's a big complainer. He complains to the refs all the time, man, and it's yeah, a bad. So look. did Michael Jordan. So did Larry Bird. Yeah, but not like this guy. This guy is like a whole nother level, man. LeBron does it too. A lot of people—he's oh, the worst. LeBron <laughs> complains all the time, but Luca kind of like he just looks like he's crying all the time. But the he's whining. What you're saying, Eddie? What he's you're saying guy. is he whines. He's not complaining. Yes. It, it comes across as whining. You know, I get you. Yes. I get you. So we got. I apologize, Eddie. We got a lot of names, so uh, I want to keep moving. So my apologies. That's fun. That's fun. You whiner, Luca. Whiner. <laughs> yeah, he's, I, I would say. Uh, uh, Jason Tatum, Ford, Boston Celtics, versatile skill set. He can score, has defense, and he, and well, maybe not in the playoffs, but he can come up in clutch uh, performances. And the Celtics are actually viewing him as there's one of our potential leaders down the road, not just a superstar. Potential face of the NBA? Potentially, but I, again, I would not put him above Victor Wembanyama. Uh, right. I, I just think Victor Wembanyama has got way more gravitas to him. Uh, he's got more <laughs> charisma. So okay, gotcha. That's just, what I wanted to hear. What do they yeah, have that that player does? Jason Tatum does not have charisma. Charisma, in my opinion, not compared to like a Victor Wembanyama, but he has a really, really good skill set. Probably one of the more well-rounded 
uh, players in the NBA from you know playing both sides of the ball, being offense and defense. So oh yes, yeah, exactly. His potential, but he's not for the same as Victor Wembanyama. All right, here and in this player, he's an explosive scorer. I guess he's a highlight reel dunker, athletic, and he exudes confidence. That is Anthony Edwards of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He plays the guard position. Potential face of the NBA. Absolutely. The guy, that that kid, he's just exudes confidence. I mean, he's almost kind of borderline cocky, but he's got the play to back it up. And he's very athletic, big, strong kid, too. Good-looking kid, too. So he's got that going for him. Same with Jason Tatum. So, uh, but, but it's, you know, I would say that, again, Victor Webinar has more of the edge over uh, Anthony uh, Edwards, but I think Anthony Edwards is probably a close second, in my opinion, to Victor Webinar. And we already talked about Victor, so we don't need to talk about him. But for the audience out there who hasn't watched him play, he is turning heads with his shot blocking, his versatility, and more importantly, his high basketball IQ. The one thing I wanted to tell you about Victor is they put him at center. Uh, I was watching about three weeks ago or something, and I was like, hey, that's not his position. So that was fun to watch. Uh, Okay, Uh, Devin Booker. Phoenix Suns, he's a guard, he's a scoring machine, and, and I guess his, his playoff performances has elevated his status, and the reason I say that, Eddie, is playoffs is where uh, the non-basketball fan tends to see you. For example, I'm the type of fan, man, it's a grind of a season, I'm not gonna, I don't, the only, the, the last time, Eddie, I cared about a regular season playoff game was with the Magic Johnson-Larry Bird rivalry when they had they played twice in one season. And that was back, late 80s, early 90s, I think, you know, because the regular season doesn't matter to me. But come playoffs, people like me watch, and, and, and that's what I was reading on him. So Devin Booker, potential uh, face of the NBA? No, not, 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 not in my opinion. <laughs> I don't think, I, again, there's a certain charisma that people must have to be the face of the NBA. You got LeBron has it. Steph Curry has it for sure. Yes. And leaps and bounds, both of those guys. So that's what I'm kind of looking at is who does the NBA want to have that be that person? Luka Doncic definitely has it, but, you know, I, I think he just complains a lot, you know. Um, and the other thing that, you know, here's the other thing I'll, I'll bring up. Does, does, the, does the NBA want to pass the baton to a European player? That's what, that's I, what I was going to ask you later yeah. is – I think they do, I, I, because you know what? I, I'm being half sarcastic. In 100 years, 200 years from now, it could be the Chinese NBA. The NBA is going to go where the money's at, and it, it will become a worldwide game. You will one day see teams. See, you'll see the you'll see the American Conference. You'll see the European Conference NBA. That in my because to me, you can do that with baseball and basketball. You know, you can't do that with football. The the pounding these guys take, it's just not feasible. And you only play once a week. But, yeah, so I, I think they would. Uh, because at the end of the day, all the NBA cares about is money. Uh, uh, I mean, most people don't realize a lot of leading actors in Hollywood, they're imported Australians or, or, or Englishmen. People right. don't realize that. They, right. These cats are pretty good. Man, I must have heard cat, the term cat, all, all weekend, because that's what these cats, they, they, you know, they, they, uh, they can change their accent, and most people don't know. You know? Okay, right. let's no, move I, on I, here. Oh, I'm no, sorry, no, go real, ahead. Quick, real quick, before we move on from Devin Booker, it's not against him. It's just that he doesn't have that panage. You know, he doesn't have that gravitas. But I'll tell you this right now. He's Clay Thompson. He's Clay Thompson 2.0 from a play standpoint. I mean, he can shoot just as well as Clay Thompson. But it's more of a playmaker than, than, than Clay Thompson. He hasn't shown that he can hit the big buckets yet 
in the NBA Finals or in the in the championships like the Clay Thompson, but he's got the skill set to beat Clay Thompson 2.0. There you go. Okay, now here's one who is starting to, to become known, not just within uh, 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 basketball circles, but in sports circles. I'm not going to say beyond sports, but even people who don't play basketball but follow sports know who Joel Embiid, the Philadelphia 76ers center is. He dominates on both ends of the court. And for a big man to dominate on the defensive side and to play well, <laughs> that, I don't, I don't want to say that's unheard of, but I mean, that, that's one of the awkward sizes to be a good defender. And if he stays healthy, uh, he could be a cornerstone for years as an NBA uh, uh, player. Uh, does he? Has he had the potential to be the face, the new face of the NBA once LeBron and Curry go? Yes, I would say probably third out of the top, the, the, the top two. I, I say Wembenyama, then Anthony Edwards, and I'd probably put Joel Embiid as number three, just because he's got a lot of personality, right? He just he he he's he's got that look with that hair. He's a big dude. He's kind of you know he, he's I want to say goofy, but he's not, not that he's goofy. He's just he's just kind of lighthearted, which is cool. I mean, that's what people like. You know, he's kind of like that. Um, so, you know, uh, 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 but the only thing is that, you know, you just said it, the health. The guy the guy gets help, He gets hurt quite a bit. But when he's out there, he's unstoppable, unstoppable from an offensive standpoint. He's too big for anybody to guard. Um, not even, you know, Jokic isn't really considered a great defender, but he can't guard him. He's, he's too big, uh, too big and too strong. Uh, Victor Webinyama actually blocked him a few times, right? But, but Victor Webinyama is too small and frail, but he'll get his uh, his defense on, on Joel Embiid. But Joel Embiid, when he asserts himself, he's going to dominate. So, But I would say face of the face of the NBA, I would put him at third right now. Gotcha. And real quick, going back to uh, Steph Curry and LeBron James, uh, 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 I would say LeBron James is more of the face of the NBA, but LeBron James, when I think of LeBron James, I think of him in that mid-lead, dominated on the court. Uh, 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 and then when I think of St Stephon Curry, I think of the humble individual. The humble individual who you look at, the, the, the bullies pick on him, then he just destroys them you know so you so yeah. my point being is there's different strengths in each person uh that can become the face it doesn't have to be it's not a stereotypical type player uh uh, uh who, who who can become the face now you're gonna have to help me here i'm gonna i'm struggling this oklahoma city thunder he's a guard shy uh, shay gilgis alexander Thank you. Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He quietly has developed into an all-around talent with smooth work ethic, strong work ethic. Would you agree with that statement? Is he a potential yep. future face? I would say yes, but probably lower down the list from the other three players that I've already mentioned. His skill set is like He's another guy who's just so silky smooth with his game that nobody nobody can stop the guy when he wants it. If he's on from the outside, nobody can stop him. He's that good, and he's long, right? And he plays defense. Right. He's a really good defensive player. So he's an emerging star for sure, but I don't see him being a face of the NBA. I don't think he has that gravitas in my opinion. Gotcha. And for the audience too, you know, we're just having fun here. But the worst – a statement that can be made on any of these players and have been made over and over and over in the past for the player never to fulfill uh, 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 expectations is when they compare you to Michael Jordan. You know, that's Michael Jordan. You know, that's a lot of weight to be right. put on somebody. Okay. Let's go to the guy you just sat there said has no game defensively. Nikolai Jokic. 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 
right? Jokic. Denver Nuggets, Jokic. he's a center. He's already an MVP, uh, so can it be the face? He combines passing, scoring, and basketball IQ. And maybe you can explain it to us briefly, but he has a unique style that sets him apart. I have no clue uh, on that. So, But can Nikolai or Nikola be the, the next face? I would say because of his skill set and talent, he has the potential to be. Again, it does the NBA want, you know, we, we I already asked this question, is there an appetite to pass the baton to a European player? Possibly. Uh, this guy definitely has gotten, you know, you know, you, you see commercials about him now with hotels.com. You know, you're seeing, you know, getting some recognition. You know, he's got a cool little accent, you know, Serbian accent. And, uh, you know, he's very, very easygoing, uh, likable guy. You know, right. he doesn't take himself seriously. As a matter of fact, he doesn't like being in the limelight. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't like, you know, people recognizing him. He wants to just be, he just wants to kind of blend in with the crowd. He's just that type of guy. He, you know, he, he doesn't like being, you know, uh, uh, pointed out in the crowd. Not that he's not willing to shake hands or you know, take pictures. He's just that type of guy. He doesn't need to be in the limelight. He, he's that personality. And that's endearing for people, you know. So I would say that that he has potential. But I would say that the other three are, are ahead of him, in my opinion. But his skill set make him v very much... Uh, a part of the conversation. There you go. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, he has a lot of detractors. Whenever I see an article or he would like when he won the MVP, it, it, a lot of it got tribal, uh, you know, because he's white. A lot of it, what I'm saying is there's controversy seems to follow him at times, not of his own doing, but he seems to, to draw that at times, you know, uh, uh, and that's not the type of individual the NBA wants to have a face of. You know, they want the face to be somebody everybody loves. He's beloved. He's loved or well-respected, you know, uh, here's right. one. And 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 I just screw up his last name. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks power forward and small forward Giannis Antetokounmpo. 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 Uh, like Jokic, uh, he's already a champion. He's also a two-time MVP. He has unmatched size, skill, and work ethic. And to be quite uh, 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 stunned, Eddie, I thought they'd be doing better as a cohesive team this year, but they have a lot of drama. But that said. He seems to be a stand-up guy here, uh, the real yes. deal. Could he be the face Absolutely. of the NBA? I, I, I would say, you know, if we're talking about, like, if if uh, LeBron and, and, and Steph Curry were to walk away tomorrow, he is the face of the NBA right now. Uh, after, if those guys were to move away tomorrow. When you ask the question, I'm kind of looking beyond, you know, you know, uh, Giannis, because Giannis has already established himself in the NBA. He's been in the NBA, I think, for 10 years now. And oh, wow. uh, so he's already he's already, you know, a star. And he's got a lot, he's got a lot of personality too. Really, really good personality. So because of that and his skill set, he's definitely the face of the NBA if LeBron and Steph were to step away tomorrow. Uh he definitely already has that right now. He's already a recognizable face of the NBA right now, along with LeBron and Curry. It's just that LeBron and Curry have been in the NBA longer than him. Um, and but, but this well, guy, also, yeah, he's a small market, Eddie Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's got a lot of personality, and he's so freaking good. You, we haven't seen a talent like this at this size, that tenacious on both ends of the floor. He's unstoppable as an offensive guy, and he doesn't even have the greatest shot in the world. But once he goes downhill, you know, he's got the ball in his hand and he's running at you. He's like LeBron. He's like a freight train. But he's got these funky, long moves 
that just you know he's hard to stop. You know, he's just he's just that type of guy. And the defensively, he's a, he's he's a beast. He's like he's like Kawhi Leonard 2.0, honestly, from a defensive end. He's really <laughs> well, the, well. The sad thing, he's been in the league ten years, so they'll probably want somebody younger when they start looking. Right, uh, uh, right, uh, and that's why. And, and I, but I would like... say he's probably in the same level, similar level as Le- LeBron and Curry. Not quite, but he's almost there, just because he's been in the league already for so long. So he's, if I were to rank him, he's number one right now. Wembenyama is number two, and then I would say Anthony Edwards is number three, and then Joel Embiid number four. Right now, yeah, you know, and, and the down the, and the people. It's not like the NBA picked somebody to be the face. What happens is they kind of notice the popularity of a player. A team mm-hmm. starts winning, and somebody in the PR department, we can market this guy. We can do this guy. So it, 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 this isn't an arbitrary decision. This is Mother Nature working its magic, and everything's dependent on the place and time. So, for example. I, I I always looked at Isaiah Thomas as the equal of Michael Jordan or or, or or Magic Johnson, but the face of the NBA was Magic Johnson to Michael Jordan. I'm sorry, not Michael right. Jordan, Matt, Larry Bird. I'm sorry, Larry That's Bird. Larry Bird. Magic yeah, and Magic Johnson. But I always looked at Isaiah Thomas as their equal on the court. You know, and maybe they were, maybe they weren't. But my point being is, it was that rivalry. It was the two college superstars Correct. going into the NBA and continuing. And that's what I mean by it, it kind of worked itself out and the correct. NBA capitalized on it. Correct. You know, that's Magic correct. was an extension or Magic was the key that unlocked Showtime. Larry right. Bird was a key that brought uh, Boston back to prominence. So right. uh, when I say the face of the NBA, I'm not talking about you. You're the face of the NBA. Get over here, man. Get over here. Drop. Give me 20. Yeah. I'm talking about how Mother Nature works its magic. And the reason I say that, I'm coming to our last candidate who isn't in the NBA. And I don't know if he should play. He's already had a had a jab or had the, the vaccine shot once and, and fallen to uh, 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 had issues with it, and that's Bryce James, USC Trojans, point guard and shooting guard. LeBron, LeBron, LeBron James, Bronny James, his name. Yeah, Bro- exactly, Bronny, Bronny James, James, LeBron's yeah. son. He carries right. a family legacy. Uh, you know, I don't know how good he is. Uh, uh, for two reasons, I never watch him play, but logically thinking, I'm like, man, if you were a superstar, you wouldn't be going to USC. You'd be going to some bigger college, do your one or two years, and get out. But I'm not saying he's not any good. I'm saying I don't know. But he's got a great name, Brawny. That's just a cool name, Del Market. He's a James, so the pedigree is there. What do you think? No, not even. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there, I, there, there's even talk that he might even, might not even pass the. He might not even get drafted in the first round. Um, oh wow! I think, I think I think teams who may let's just say LeBron James was. Uh, a free agent, and I don't know if he is or isn't next year. I, I don't. I don't know what his terms are, but you know, there, it's well known that he wants to play with his son. And I would uh, say that you know, if if LeBron James was about to join a new team away from the Los Angeles Lakers, that maybe that GM might take the shot and and, and draft Bronny James just to entice him to come over to you know that that right club right. right. But but as right. far as you know, uh, him being a face of the NBA. No, he doesn't have – you need to be good. I'm not saying he's good, not good. It's just that, you know, you have to establish yourself in the NBA uh, and and in college. And I don't think he's established himself as the best player in college right now. Uh, I think that's what it takes for him to be noticed. He's right now more noticed because he's the son of probably the most famous NBA player in our generation. 
uh, maybe correct, second correct, correct, yeah. correct. And, and, and I think that's why he was mentioned. And that, that's, right. that's why his name fell into my list, into my lap. Is uh, And again, it sounds silly, but the NBA doesn't dictate who is a face, uh, uh, outside forces, uh, storylines, reputations. Right. You know, that tends to come together. Uh, and again, uh, uh, to the detriment of Isaiah Thomas, he had none of that that mattered enough compared to uh, Magic and Bird. And people, uh, Eddie and I, uh, 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 our heyday in terms of being young and strong, dumb and strong like Samson are over. We're more getting to the elder stage. But there has never been in the history of basketball what happened in the 80s when Magic and Larry and Bird, when Magic and, and think about Magic and Bird, they're not even their names, saved basketball. Again, to watch basketball, you had to wait for tape delay. <laughs> uh, at night. So right. it was a magical period. And then was show, I mean, it just you had to be there to experience it. All right. Thank you, Eddie, sir. So out sure. of that list, we got Anthony Ed, uh, potential faces. And Eddie's not saying they are. Like I said, there's too many factors of the topic. Anthony Edwards, Joel Embiid, Nikolai, Nikola Jokic. He's like fourth. I would say I, in my order. Oh, no, I, I, I'm just tossing names out there. I'm just tossing names okay. out there. Okay. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Is that right? Yep. And obviously, who I would say is the leading candidate, though, Victor Wimbanyama. Yes. You know? uh, but who knows? Yeah. Let us move on to our final segment. We're going to have a couple of quick hits. I wanted Eddie to talk about this last week, but we did run out of time. I'm not a grade-A basketball fan. That's why I played the host to uh, uh, Eddie, uh, the analyst here. Uh, 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 but I do notice things. I do do a lot of research. And one thing that did stick out at me was when I saw that Clay Thompson had lost his starting job to a rookie, Brandon Podjemski. Uh, can you talk to me about that, Eddie? Because that seemed to me was big news, but I just saw just a couple of articles on it. Yeah, it's no secret that Clay Thompson um, has been struggling this year. And a lot of speculation is because it is a contract year for him this year, right? And, and the Warriors did not re-sign him, re-up him last offseason, knowing that you know, his year was coming up this year. I think that, you know, the Warriors are, are taking a calculating, they're, 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 they're taking a calculated risk right now to, to, to kind of wait and see, because uh, it might kind of piss him off, right, because of his legacy with the Warriors. But, you know, he, he likes staying with the Warriors. He likes to play with Curry. So, you know, I think he swallowed his pride a little bit. I think Steve Kerr, you know, approached him and just said, hey, look, you know, we need you to kind of get back to your normal self. We did the same thing with Andrew Wiggins. He came off the bench. You know, you can still make a great NBA living if you were to stay on the bench. But, you know, he pretty much told them, you know, we're going to try this out for a little bit and see how it goes. Right. And if you find your game man, you know, it's, it's this is fluid. We can go in and bring it back as a starter. Right. So I think I think the move has been very, very well received by Clay. Um, and I think he's accepted it. I think initially it was kind of a, you know, it, it affected him. You know, uh, you know, it, it affected his pride. You know, I mean, he's got a lot of pride. He's very competitive. But the thing is, is that, you know, he knows that, you know, the, the time is running out for that team to stay on top. Um, they have definitely made some strides over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, he's had examples of this in, in some of his past teammates, namely in Andre Iguodala, who was an all-star, came over from the Denver Nuggets at the time and swallowed his pride and became off the bench. And I think that really unlocked the Warriors to become the team at that time uh, being that dominant because you have an all-star coming off the bench and, you know, essentially being another 
uh, a facilitator, uh, which with what Andrea Udala did for that team. The same thing is kind of happening, not necessarily from a facilitation standpoint, but you got you know a former All Star, former champion in 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 Clay Thompson now coming off the bench and generating that offense. And it's happened now. I think what's happened is that it's unlocked him. I think he's gotten relaxed. He's, he's now being no able pressure. to score. He's, yeah, way less pressure. And he talked about it just after the game tonight because they won today. They won tonight against the, the Washington Wizards, uh, and the Warriors were on the road in Washington. And he talked about it after the game. He's like, you know, I just feel like, you know, I, I'm more relaxed because, you know, when you're a starter, you kind of sense a little bit yeah. more pressure you know, the kind of perform, but when you come off the bench, it's, it's different, you know, you got, so I think he's finding himself again and I think he's getting his confidence back. And I think this is, this is a great move. I think this is going to stay, honestly, I think that it's unlocked him. I think he's embraced this role now. And I think that they're way more dangerous now, especially when now they have Chris Paul coming back and he played tonight and Chris Paul played awesome. So, you know, you have Chris Paul and Clay Thompson in the second unit. I mean, that's two hall of fame future hall of famers. No other team can say that in the NBA. So the only the only challenge with the Warriors is that they're doing this a little bit too late. They have a lot of catching up to do, but and they don't have that much size. But they are deep, super deep, and super talented. So it's, I think this we're going to see in the next twenty three games. I think they have left or in that range. You know whether they can climb up the standings and do well in the playoffs. Because I, I I know if I were Oklahoma City, Minnesota Timberwolves, or the Denver Nuggets, I will not want to face. Steph Curry, you know, in the playoffs, and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green again because they are just still dangerous. Uh, Eddie, correct me if I'm wrong. Actually, uh, I'm asking because I, I can't remember. I remember one championship series with Golden State, and I believe Andrew Wiggins was coming off the bench and just tore up that final series. I mean, he, his name became known. He became one of the standout players in that series. What, what, did they? What, was that the situation where they had benched him? He was coming off the bench. Uh, 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 because he was up for MVP. I don't know if he won it, but that series he was up. I mean, that's how good he was playing and dominating. When was that? That was the 2022 finals against the Boston Celtics. That whole play, yeah. I mean, that's his first year. That was his first all-star appearance, actually, uh, was that year. So he, he became an all-star after being in the league. I think he's been in the league for like eight or nine years in that range. Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. Yeah, so it's been a while. But he definitely was considered the second best player on the Warriors during that run uh, next to Steph Curry. And if Steph Curry didn't, you know, have the game that he did uh, they, they, or the series that he did against Boston, Andrew Wiggins would have been the guy who would have won MVP. But Andrew Wiggins was the starter. He didn't come. He didn't come off the bench. Okay, gotcha. I, I thought he. I, that's what I, I couldn't remember. But again, you ask me Super Bowl, I'll tell you. You ask me basketball, baseball now. No, I used <laughs> to be able to tell you. All right, all right. Well, that's good info because uh, Golden State's window is most definitely closing. So now sure. it's it's they got to work different formulas, and it seems like this formula Correct. is working very well for them. It is right all now. right, yes. sir. Let's move on to our our next quick hit. I saw a story and I found it befuddling because like, no way. Why would you sit there and make the rich richer? You know, LeBron's trading a uh, potential. I saw an article talking about before the trade deadline, potentially trading LeBron to the Golden State Warriors. And you told me that was true. I mean, that, that had been, uh, that was a natural topic. It was actually, it was real. And, you know, it was, it was at the time the Warriors, you know, right before the, the, the all-star break, you know, they, they actually started turning things around, but they were still, you know, a few, uh, they, I think they were only one game above 500 at the time when the All-Star break came. 
Um, but prior to that, the week, you know, maybe a week or two before that, this is when a lot of these discussions on trade, you know, happens weeks before the all-star break. Right. And I think because the Warriors were struggling they, to find their identity, they, you know, uh, uh, Andrew Wiggins was struggling. Clay Thompson was struggling. Then you had freaking uh, uh, Draymond Green being suspended multiple times. You know, he actually, at the time, I think, was suspended more games than he actually played. So really? they were struggling, and they were, they were trying to find an identity. And I think, you know, Joe Lacob is the type of owner that, you know, he calls himself Joey Lightyears. He thinks that his organization is light years ahead of everybody, you know, and, you know, who can argue that after four championships after he took Yeah, team, you can't. You know, you know, 10, 11 years ago, he, he you know, he, and he got mocked for it. Um, but, you know, he definitely wants to get, you know, he's paying the, the, the one of the, high, I think he's the highest payroll in the NBA is the, or the Warriors. So he's in the luxury tax right now and he's paying it, but he, he wants to win. He's willing to pay to win. And right now he's paying luxury tax for a team that's barely over 500. He definitely wants to find a way to make them better. So definitely they were making some kind of call. They were making the calls. It was real. They reported here locally that that was real. Now they couldn't make it work. I think that because the Lakers wanted more than the Warriors were willing to give up and uh, the Warriors weren't ready to do that, especially part ways with some guys like, I think Clay Thompson had to be involved. I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, who's an up and coming star for the Warriors. Uh, and there were a few other uh, guys that were, uh, Chris, of course, Chris Paul, because he's got an expiring contract, but there's a lot of scenarios that were playing out, but the Warriors didn't want to, you know, they felt they just wanted to kind of kick the tires to see what was possible. Um, and the, the Lakers and Warriors were kind of looking at possibilities. But in the end, the Lake, the Warriors didn't want to. It was too much for the Warriors to take on LeBron at this time. Now, could that change in the offseason? Potentially. But, man, I'll tell you as a Warrior fan, I wouldn't want LeBron on the team, even though if he's freaking awesome. I just I just it's hard for me to it's hard enough for me to see Chris Paul on the Warriors. Right. But. I've, I've, I mean, I've that, that, that screams yeah. of uh, that screams of the player who went, uh, who who started out with Seattle, Oklahoma, Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin, it, Kevin just, Durant. it just Kevin reeks Durant. of the same thing there, you know. Uh, and 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 in, in LeBron's defense, and and I say defense because every player wants to go out on a high note, you know. Absolutely. Maybe he maybe he sees that. I win that, I can retire, or, or I had the option to retire. You know, maybe, maybe that's the case. So, uh, 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 but as far as playability, you said you didn't want to see it, but do you think that could have vaulted them into a legit contender this year? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, it depends on who who's left behind, right? I mean, you know, if you're yeah, going to get yeah. rid of a Clay Thompson, I mean, Clay Thompson is is a floor spreader. I mean, he he can shoot just like Curry, and the reason why. Those the, the Warriors' offense is the way it is, is because they have shooters like Clay and Curry on the same team. Now LeBron can shoot too, but not in the same level as, as those guys. LeBron is more a facilitator now, and he's a damn good player. Um, I just I, I just don't know who would be left. And 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 I think as most Warrior fans, if you were to ask them, they'd probably go, "Man, I don't know if I could see him on the Warriors, man." But I think they would accept it depending on who was left. But yeah, I mean, anytime you have a LeBron and a Curry. You know, that team's going to be legit, just like LeBron and Anthony Davis. They're still, you know, a contending team, although, you know, they're they're kind of so far down the rankings. They're, I think, number nine right now, and the Warriors are number 10. Although I think they might be tied because the Warriors played tonight and, um, and, and the Lakers did it. So I think they might be tied for ninth right now. But, yeah, in the end, I think, you know, Lakeham is going to try and make his team better. And this was a way to try and make the make them better, and and, and I think it, you know I, I don't think it's over. I think there's there's still potential conversations happening in the offseason. I think it all depends on what happens with LeBron and James too, um, and of course that LeBron maintains his health as well. So 
Um, but it was an interesting story, and uh, we'll see where it goes in the offseason. All righty. Thank you, Mr. Eduardo Aparicio. Next week, Eddie's going to dig into the top six Hall of Fame finalists, uh, 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 talk about the careers, uh, who deserves to be in there out of that group, who maybe shouldn't have over others. And we're also going to talk about – now, Eddie, you know, uh, uh, you know, Big John, John Georgopoulos, for the audience out there, he is the host of our free-for-all podcast. It's a libertarian podcast, and he was one of the original hosts for Points on the Board. He's going to uh, uh, come on and talk about uh, uh, Ole Anderson and his death and his passing. Uh, Big John is actually a big wrestling fan. He actually – and he'll tell this – in more detail when he comes on uh, next week. Uh, uh, or we may shoot it separately. His time is so limited. I may just pull him into a segment and shoot it. But he created the one of the first wrestling computer games, Sergeant Slaughter's Mat Wars, and it was endorsed <laughs> and the official game of Sergeant Slaughter. So he knows all of this inside and out. And, and and the Anderson brothers, uh, uh, great legacy, great history. I'm a big wrestling fan. But my, th- what we debated, Eddie, is it, it's choreographed, but you it, 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 it's a sport in the sense you got to be in shape. I mean, these guys Absolutely. are flipping, falling. I mean, Absolutely. the outcome is choreographed. But they are body slamming. If there's no tricks, they're yeah. getting, you know, they're going through all that. But at the end of the day, because it, the outcome is predetermined, where would you put it under sports or under entertainment? So would it belong in the points on the board podcast or the red, white, and rude podcast that deals with entertainment and pop culture, things like that? Good question, man. I would say it's more on the entertainment side, in my opinion, than sport, because it is choreographed. I would consider it more of a sport if it wasn't choreographed. So, but yeah, these guys are athletes. And they have to be tip-top shape to do what they do. I mean, these are big, strong guys doing flips. These are like 250-pound guys doing flips and all kinds of weird stuff, you know, to knock people out. Um, and you can see like what, what, how they're hitting people. They're not really trying to hit them hard if they did. I mean, a lot of these guys have been knocked out. But that's the reason why I would probably put it more on the entertainment side than the sports I agree. It is scripted and choreographed. I agree. But at the end of the day, looking at the demographics – the kids who love wrestling, they're actually sports. They fall in the sports demographic, too. And our generation, uh, we're probably the last or second to last generation where now everybody knows it's choreographed. But prior to that, a lot of people believed it was. I always knew it was choreographed. I don't know why, but I always knew. But I we kind of put it under sports because that's still the mentality. But I'm with you. It's, it's more right. entertainment. But either way, next week, the MVP talk and uh, 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 some wrestling talk. And the wrestling talk is going to be probably a semi-regular segment only because we're at that age where the great icons from the 80s that built the wrestling empire that you see today with WWF, they're all in their 70s and 80s and starting the past. And Eddie, John's, we're trying to seek one out the interview. The guy, the guy who, uh, who, excuse my French here, who bitch slapped John Stossel in the ear. You know, we're trying to get him to do an interview. And I mean, he went and became a bounty hunter after he was blackballed. Oh. Yeah. So, so there's some, so, so, some great stories there. So, so, uh, uh, we're hoping to bring that to the forward. I don't want to keep uh, dragging the show out, but I'm pretty excited about that because it's a fun topic. Uh, uh, but Eddie, 
As always, thank you for your NBA knowledge here. And next week, uh, uh, we'll get together. And for the audience, do not forget, you can catch this show on Grumblings Media along with our other podcasts, our Libertarian podcast, our Pop Culture Entertainment podcast, our political podcast that deals mostly with Republican and conservative uh, uh, subject and topic matters. All that Grumblings Media as well as YouTube and Rumble. Under the profile Grumbies Media and your traditional podcast outlets, Spotify, Pandora, Google, and Apple. Eddie, my friend, I will see you next week. My name is William Del Pilar. This is Points on the Board. Eddie, good night. And to the audience, we bid you adieu. Good night, Guillermo. Good night, audience.